0: What is going on guys, your boy Elroy here and welcome back to the your boy Elroy MMA podcast. I am your host Josh Prep-Egina back again for another week of coverage of m- one of my favorite sports in the world, if not my favorite sport in the world, mixed martial arts. But as every week I would like to start with, if it's your first time, if you've been here before, thank you so much. For tuning in to the YBE MMA podcast. I am so grateful for every listener I have, whether they've been here since, you know, episode one or you're just tuning in for the first time. I am grateful. The only thing I ask is that you head to whatever platform you're listening to this on and leave a review, you know, preferably a five-star rating review. Tell me what you like about the podcast, what you don't like about the podcast and uh, I will be eternally grateful. Before we get into the news though, I would like to thank everybody for sticking around uh, the last few weeks, if not the last month or two. We've had a bit of audio trouble on the recording end, but after last week it finally getting on my nerves enough for me to finally address it, and uh, I think that this week the audio is going to sound pretty, pretty tight, like we loved to have it before I moved, you know, the move, I just kind of placed everything in place just to get the recording off the ground and never really paid attention to what I was doing, so lucky enough, uh, I had a few extra minutes to myself and was able to figure it out. So thank you for bearing with the awful audio from before. But that's enough of that. Let's get into this week's news. It is a pay-per-view week. And surprisingly, with the pay-per-view week, relatively quiet on the news end. Now, I do have some cancellations to report. Unfortunately, Misha Tate will not be able to... Have that main event fight in a few weeks against Caitlin Vieira. So she is out due to testing positive for COVID-19. As well as we talked about one last week. We talked about one of their stars in the Muay Thai department. That is Rod Tang. He is out of his kickboxing match that was scheduled for a few weeks from now. Because he also <coughs> excuse me, contracted COVID. So... We wish both of those fighters the best, that they uh, get healthy quick, man. That virus is a mother effer, and I I pray that they, they get back to normal as soon as possible. Last week was really busy, though, so I wanted to save this piece of news for this week, and that is that friend of the show, multi-time guest... And future guests once again, pretty soon, Zedekiah Montanez has announced that he will be returning very soon to the cage. I believe the date was sometime in October, so it looks like we're going to see him soon, and I will be talking to him probably on air in a in a week or so uh, about what the uh, what the plans are going forward. Uh, he. I'm not sure what happened, but he's taken the pandemic off. And we know that, you know, we'll just say contract dispute with Combate. So he he never he signed a contract with them, but never got to fight for them, uh, probably due to the pandemic, which is unfortunate. But uh, we'll see what's on the horizon for Zed. I think that we could possibly see him in the next few weeks. Back in a cage. And I cannot wait. He is someone I think is the perfect candidate for Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Now, the issue we know is that Zed is really young. Really young in his pro career as well. And and it's very rare that Dana White takes a fighter so young in his career. So... We're going to have to wait and see uh, if Zed will get an opportunity there. If he could show up and show out in this next performance, I 100% can see Dana White biting on him. But uh, we'll talk about the Contender Series a little later. And like I said, we'll hear from Zed himself later on. Let's say in a few weeks, just to be safe. (laughs) But... Right now, as I'm recording, it is 11.07 on Thursday night, and UFC is having their Hall of Fame ceremony for International Fight Week right now. Headlining is George St. Pierre followed by Mark Radner for the Pioneer section, I believe. Uh, so St. Pierre in the modern wing, Mark Radner in the... the uh, It's not Pioneer. There's another wing. And then Kevin Randleman is there as well. And then in the fight wing, John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson won. Amazing fight. Incredible fight. GSP, phenomenal fighter, obviously. Mark Radner, incredibly, incredibly important to the game, as well as Kevin Randleman, uh, A human highlight reel. An action figure if I've ever seen one in a human being. As well as Dustin Poirier is actually getting a community-like service award. They call it the Forrest Griffin Community Something Award. So congratulations to everybody who's at the Hall of Fame. As we speak, GSP is someone who, for me, it was you don't understand till it's gone like you you won't appreciate it till it's gone gsp is that kind of fighter to me i remember him coming up and me being that man this is is this boring or is it just me and uh i know that's not fair it's like the worst thing i could say but it was just rough you know i wanted to see that rough and tumble style I wanted to see people throw down, and uh, GSP didn't give me that. He wrestled a lot, and I didn't appreciate it at the time. But let me tell you, I appreciate it now, and I, I love GSP. Obviously, he is incredibly, incredibly important to the UFC's business in Canada and someone who was an incredibly dominant champion. So thank you and congratulations to the UFC Hall of Famers. But that's enough of the news. Let's talk about the fights that happened last week, starting with UFC fight night Smith versus Span. In the main event, Anthony Smith proves us all right that he is on another level. Unfortunately, for someone like Ryan Span, uh, me personally, I never understood. I won't call it hype, but because I don't think he's that hype. I just think that he was given this opportunity in a main event. And, you know, people people can have these opportunities. They don't bother me. But he is someone who, let's be honest, what has he done? What has Ryan Spann done to earn a main event spot against a veteran? Fifty something fights. Anthony Smith, former title challenger. Fought the who's who of that division. What did he? What did he do to earn that? Let's let's look. Let's look because I was confused at why he got this, and he had beat Misha Serkinov. But before that, he lost to Johnny Walker, and before that, he beat Sam Alvey by split decision. So it's not like I look at his record and I'm like, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is phenomenal. No, this guy lost to Carl Roberson on the Contender Series. I don't see the hype, and I'm not going to take this quote because it wasn't me, but I believe Mike Heck said, Anthony Smith proved that there's levels to this, and it is 100% true. In the co main event, Iwan Kudalaba defeats Devin Clark by unanimous decision, leaving Devin Clark completely bloody from the mouth. I think he he like ripped his you know, the the front four teeth on the bottom. He ripped the gums back so those four teeth were like oh, it was so gruesome. It was like raised and he saw the two lines from the gum split. Oh, it was a really rough injury. And congratulations to Devin Clark for fighting through that to a decision. But Ewan is another one. He's always like almost there when it comes to the rankings. And unfortunately he gets starched by someone like Magomed Ankalaev technically twice. Um, but yeah, he's always like almost there. Uh, let's see where he goes from here. He's 16 and six now. And, uh, you know, Anthony Smith just fought Devin Clark not too long ago too. So let's not say that Devin Clark hasn't been fighting tough competition, but the thing is when he does, he loses. So we had a pretty decent, Women's scrap, Ariana Lipsky, the queen of violence, looked fantastic against Mandy Bohm. She def- uh Ariani defeats Bohm by unanimous decision. And then Armand Sarukian does what he's supposed to do against Christos Yagos and finishes him in the first round by TKO. Just, you know, we use this word a lot. He starched him. It was, it was a left hook to ground strikes, according to Tapology. And Armand looked like a beast. I really do want to see him against Dan Hooker. We'll talk about Dan Hooker later on. Um, that should be a really good fight. Armand is someone who is at that higher level, but just inactivity has kind of beat him up. Nate Manis defeats Tony Gravely by TKO in the second round. Uh, I didn't have uh Nate winning, I was totally picking Tony Gravely to win. And Gravely really did dominate this fight until he didn't and got finished. So it was it was tough. Another person who won and was on his way to lose was Joaquin Buckley. He defeats Antonio Arroyo by TKO in the third round. That dude has lightning in his fists and if if he strikes He's, there's a good chance he's going to put you down. Congratulations, Joaquin Buckley. You're back in your winning ways, and unfortunately, Antonio Arroyo is probably going to get sent packing. Tefuan Nechukwe defeats Mike Rodriguez by unanimous decision. Raquel Pennington comes back with a win against Panny Kianza by unanimous decision. Zong Ru, or Zhu, I'm sorry, becomes the youngest fighter, in the or no he becomes the first fighter born after the year 2000 i believe was the stat he defeats brandon jenkins by tko in the third round by ground and pound montel jackson knocks down jp bays four times on his way to a unanimous decision victory Aaron Blanchfield defeats Sarah Alpar by unanimous decision. And then a really fun finish was Carlston Harris defeating Impa Kasanganai by TKO in the first round. Uh, Hannah Goldie defeats Emily Whitmire by submission in the first round to start off the night. So that was UFC Fight Night. Spann versus Smith. I thought it was a fun card, as fight nights usually are. A lot of finishes and a great finish in the main event. It was great to see what Anthony Smith was able to do. Obviously, he got a little heated afterwards. You know, Anthony Smith is someone who demands his respect, and uh, you can't you can't be upset at that. Congratulations, Anthony Smith. Uh, it seems like you're going to fight Rakic again. Uh, whatever you know, both you guys need to be tied up. Because the title is tied up. So I'm pretty sure that you could work your way back to a title shot with relative ease. Uh, Because Rakic is not that exciting and you are. So I'm rooting for you all the way. Tuesday nights continue with the Contender Series. This is week four. Let's talk about these people who got contracts starting in the main event. AJ Dobson defeats Hashim. Arkhagar Hagar, by submission. What's in the first round. What's crazy about this is, you know, Hashim, known for his wrestling, an amazing wrestler, grappler, you know what I mean? And AJ just throwing him around. It was insane to see. And he submits him in the first round. He gets a contract. Uh in the co-main we had Michael Morales defeating Nikolay Veratenikov by unanimous decision. This Michael Morales dude, first of all, great look. Incredibly young. I believe he's 20 or 22. Um great look, undefeated 12 and 0 now. And just, you know, watch the highlights of this fight so you could see Michael Morales throw this dude around. Um, it was phenomenal to watch. It seems like Dana White is incredibly high on this guy. And uh, I'm excited to see Michael Morales more. He gets a contract. Steven Wynn defeats Theo Rolyang by unanimous decision. Unfortunately, uh, they both have a lot of work to do. And Steven does not get a contract. My favorite performance of the night, though, Clayston Rodriguez defeats Santo Curatolo by unanimous decision. This Clayston guy, you know, don't get me wrong. This. Uh, Santo took the fight on short notice, which I I understand and saw that Rodriguez was incredibly grateful for. But um, and unfortunately, Santo has a hell of a chin on him. But this Clayson guy is going to put down a lot of these 120 fighters. He's strong. He's fast. And he's really big for the division. Like really big. So I'm excited. I cannot wait to see more of him. He is probably my favorite from this, this week's contender series. And then who started off the night? Victor Martinez and Jacob Rosales. They had a banger. I believe the stat was in contender series history. Uh Victor Martinez lands the most significant strikes ever. He gets a contract. He's someone in 155 that I could see doing a lot of damage. He seems like a lot of fun to watch fight. And I can't wait to see more of him. Let's talk about this weekend's pay-per-view. Yes, the UFC is back alive. On pay-per-view for UFC 266 live from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. The announcers for this week, Joe Rogan is not there. We will have John Anik, Paul Felder, and DC Daniel Cormier. We're looking at 13 fights. So let's start off with the main event. For the UFC Featherweight Championship, we have Alexander the Great Volkanovsky versus Brian T. City Ortega. Yes, Brian T. City Ortega is back after that phenomenal performance against the Korean Zombie. Obviously, we've seen a lot of these two guys recently with the Ultimate Fighter and honestly, a lot of animosity with these two. Something that I didn't think would happen, especially coming from Alexander Volkanovsky, who is usually very soft-spoken. You know, he's about his business, as we say. And uh, it seems like Brian Ortega has really got under his skin. But I'm looking forward to this fight just because Alexander is someone who really pushes the pace. And uh, I'm looking to see what... Brian Ortega can do to combat that. We know his boxing and striking is better. We already know he's a phenomenal jiu-jitsu practitioner. What could he do when someone is just in his face for five rounds? I can't wait to see. I personally don't have the answers because Alexander Volkanovsky is someone who is just so unpredictable. Um, I honestly don't see a finish Coming here, um, and if it, there was a finish, I think it'd be Ortega tapping Volkanovsky out. But I'm not looking to make too many predictions here, I'm just looking for a good fight in this main event. Especially, you know, this, this featherweight division has so many talented fighters that you know these title defenses have to get a little more frequent. Now, we understand that we're in this pandemic. And that, you know, he's he's from another country. It's it's been really tough for Australia and New Zealand out there. But we need to see more of Alexander Volkanovsky, someone who is no short of showing who she really is and how great she is, is Valentina Shevchenko. We saw her defeat Jessica Andraj. Early this year, as well as late last year, she defeated Jennifer Maya. She'll be taking on Lauren Murphy, the fourth-ranked flyweight in the world, right? She is on a five-fight win streak, starting with Mara Barella, Andrea Lee, Roxanne Montefiore, Liliya Shek. Kirova, I'm sorry, I said that so wrong, Lilia Shakirova, and Joanne Calderwood at the end. She defeated her by split decision earlier this year. Finally, after those five fights, she's given her title shot against Valentina Shevchenko. Huge underdog, I believe, minus 1,700 there. Um, Just someone who shows so much heart when she fights that I'm not counting her out 100%, but she's got a tall task in a Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how this turns out because Lauren, she's tough, man. ODB, one tough bitch, man. She'll tell you that herself. That's not my words, I promise you. Um, I'm gonna edit that. <laughs> but yeah, Lauren Murphy... Versus Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, Is this just another lamb led to slaughter? We're going to have to wait and see. Because like I said, I'm not really trying to make too many predictions. Uh, I am going to tell you that I think I'm going to put a little bit of money on Lauren Murphy. Just for the hell of it. Uh, Underdog money is always so good. So a little bit goes a long way. And why not? You know, the fight game is what the fight game is. Anybody's game. It's a puncher's chance, as they say. The people's main event, the Coco main here, Robbie Lawler versus Nick Diaz. Two, obviously, this has all the lights on it. Nick Diaz coming back after six years. Um, you know, he had an interview with Akamoto. That Nick, you know, I don't know why anybody is surprised here. Nick Diaz is, you know, a RMF. He's a real mother effer. He is someone who has always, you know, as we say down the way, kept it a bean. You know what I mean? What you see is what you get. Nick Diaz ain't going to sugarcoat it. And, you know, we, we always understood that Nick Diaz hates this. He doesn't like the fight weeks. He doesn't like doing media. He doesn't like the fight. But. He does it because a lot of people rely on him and you gotta respect that. That's why his fan base is how it is. That's why I became such a Diaz Stan, because that's how they live their life. And I, I I bang with it heavy, you know what I mean? I I really enjoy the Diaz brothers. And this is no different. I cannot wait to see what Nick Diaz is about now. Um to me he looks in great shape. Uh unfortunately, they changed, you know, the the weight class that this was going to be contested at, and uh, Nick Diaz looking a little thick, you know what I mean. But listen, Robbie's not on the best run at the moment. He hasn't won a fight since two thousand seventeen. Uh, Nick Diaz, you know, what what was that? Nick Diaz's last win. Nick Diaz's last win was in two thousand eleven. So you know, as much as we could say, really, Robbie, uh, we could say, really, Nick, it's, it's crazy, but like I said, man, it don't matter, I'm riding with the Diaz brothers, man, I I, I love those guys, and uh, Nick Diaz, he's just so, so swaggy, you know what I mean, he's, he's been the star of this whole fight week, you know, Ortega and and Volkanovski, you know, Malinov it, it seems forced. It it seems like Volk is just trying to get a little bit of, you know, clout over there, as we say. He he he's trying to he's trying to seem like someone he's not. And Nick Diaz him being him is so much fun. So much fun and, and is stealing the show. So I cannot wait for that fight. We continue the main card with Curtis Blades versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. And then starting the main card off will be Jessica Andraj versus Cynthia Calvillo. Calvillo getting to me a big, huge step up in competition. Unfortunately, it's Jessica Andraj who, you know, there's there's not many people that can beat Jessica Andraj, but um I'm not sure if Cynthia Calvillo is one of those. Jessica Andrade just has so much more experience. She's explosive. She's good everywhere. It's going to be a long night for Cynthia Calvillo. This card is stacked, by the way. So let's start at the bottom. Omar Morales versus Jonathan Pierce. We have Matt Semmelsberger versus Martin Sano. We have Nick Maximov versus Cody Brundage. Then we have Euros Midic versus Jalen Turner. That's going to be a great fight at lightweight. These two guys, especially Euros, these two guys are primed for greatness. I think Jalen Turner, a few more changes. I think he could beat somewhere pretty great. Uh, But this Euros cat, he's he's on the fast track now at one fifty five. Roxanne Mataferi returns versus Talia Santos. And then we have a couple ranked heavyweights third from the top on the prelims. Crazy. Chris Dawkins, my boy, local Philadelphia native, someone who trained across the street from me. While I lived there, I used to live on Copman, Frankfurt and Copman, and he used to train right there at Martinez BJJ. Um for years, the years that I lived there, I always saw him go into practice. Uh, I've talked to him a few times. Very cordial, very nice guy, him and his brother. And a beast of a heavyweight since he got into the UFC. He's going to be taking Shamil Abdurahimov. Uh, fi- This fight has been made a few times. So I'm hoping Chris Dawkins could finally get that W on his record. We have a crazy fight at Lightweight with Dan Hooker versus Nasrach Hakparas. Um, apparently, these guys aren't even in Vegas yet. And they have to weigh in in... Let's see. ten, ten 10 hours? 9 hours? Crazy. These guys are warriors. I cannot wait to see this fight. Dan Hooker seems like he's motivated. Last time we saw him, you know, he threw his gloves back at the cage after losing to Michael Chandler. Uh, I pray for a more seasoned, controlled Dan Hooker, someone who can control his emotions and put it on Nasrat. Um, Unfortunately for Nasrat, RIP, his mother passed away a few weeks ago. He was in his country for the funeral. And had some visa issues and is making his way to the U.S. right now. The best to these guys, man. They're they're amazing uh, what they're going through to have this fight. And um, I hope for the best for these two guys. And then in the main event of the prelims, the headliner, Marlon Morais, the former title challenger, versus Marab Divazhwili, the future title challenger. Huh. This is a big test for Marlon. Uh, I'm looking to see where Marlon goes from here. And uh, Marab ain't no joke, man. This dude is relentless. I'm looking forward to see if he can hang with a big dog like Marlon. So that's UFC 266. It's a phenomenal card, top to bottom. Uh, A lot of heat at the top with those three main events, man. Robbie Lawler, Nick Diaz. The women's flyweight title fight, as well as the men's featherweight title fight, just so much fun on their card. Uh, Dark horse for performance of the night, Chris Dawkins. I think he's going to knock out Shamil Abdurahimov, and uh, I think this Euros Cat is going to is going to go places, especially after this night. So. That is it for this week's YBE MMA podcast. I am Josh Prepigina. You can find me on all forms of social media, Elroy Preps in one word. You can find the show on Instagram at YBE MMA podcast, as well as Teespring. Teespring.com slash stores slash YBE MMA podcast. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. Love your mothers. I love you, Mom. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week.